Welcome to the one and only Dog Pod, your home for Washington Huskies tackle football fans. I'm here with Mitch and Law Dog as always. We got a college football season, fellas. Listen, we talked last week about the schedule. We're going to get into the offense today, and we're going to be back in a few days talking about that defense. But let's get into our offense preview for the Huskies for 2020. I think we get into it. Now, here's the first question, the big unknown. Law Dog, what do we know about John Don? What do we know about this offense? Well, I mean, we don't know much, BT. I mean, this was a guy who was kind of the the unlikely, unheard of choice at the end of kind of a long, drawn-out search process. Um, so, I mean, I think it's fair to say we know he wasn't Jimmy Lake's first choice. Um, but, you know, he obviously had that stint as an offensive coordinator at Penn State. Uh, the team was hampered by sanctions, admittedly, at that point. But then the offense – uh, that came around right after him was Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, and Mike Jacecki. And, you know, that was a, a pretty awesome offense. So I think people look and say, oh, well, he left and, you know, Penn State got great. Well, you know, I think that that's kind of a confluence of factors going on there. But um, he does, you know, he says he wants to run a pro-style offense, which is what his recent experience uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars would probably point to. But, I mean, ultimately, this is kind of a huge unknown. And uh, Jimmy Lake, you know, he's a first-time head coach. He really needs this to be a great hire, especially for a guy who doesn't come with an offensive background. I mean, you know, it's easy for us to be excited and about Jimmy Lake, the the recruiter and the, the Husky, the passionate Husky. But, I mean, you know, I don't know that he's got a huge leash as the head coach here if he doesn't get going. And so I, I think he, he needs a good offense. And, and I I just – this was kind of an, a head-scratcher for us, I think, um, you know, the, especially as a, as a coach that doesn't come from an offensive background to kind of hire this level of an unknown. But he wants somebody with pro experience. That seems to be the direction that we know that they're going. Um, and, you know, I think it's also possible we need to entertain the possibility that, you know, a proven offensive coordinator may not have really wanted to come work for a first-time head coach that just lost Jacob Eason, three offensive linemen, and Salon Ahmed and the two starting receivers to the NFL. I mean, that's kind of a big lift for anybody. But I think for those of us who follow the program closely, you know, we look up and down the roster and, and we see, especially at the skill positions, there's a lot of talent here. And I think it's fair to expect this team to be pretty decent offensively if they can, you know, get on the same page. I mean, the, you know, we'll get into position by position here a little bit later, but um I, I just think for what we know their strengths are, for what we know about the coaches and what they've said publicly, I think we can expect to see a lot of establishing the run with their stable of tailbacks, play action, incorporating some of that run pass option that's been um, kind of the rage in college football in recent seasons. So, I, I mean, I think that's what we know. Short answer, BT, not much. Yeah, that's a great summary, um, and I, I think pro-style offense can mean a lot of different things, um, but how long does he have to get it into place, the X factor being no spring ball? Didn't know if football was going to happen. They just put pads on for the first time today. So a lot of things are, are going to go into this. Um, 
fellas, why don't we go position by position group? Let's start at the front and head to the back. Let's start with that offensive line. Uh, Coach Huff, I think he's got his work cut out. You talked about the attrition there. Uh, but I think arguably he's one of the more established assi- assistants to the program. Uh, and, and everything you hear is how it commands great respect. Two returning starters, that's it. Jackson Kirkland and Luke Wattenberg. The guards, but you know, likely may move positions. Those are going to be your leaders. This is crazy. He's got 15 on scholarship, right? 11 are freshmen, right? So this is, this is, I mean, this is a, I don't want to call it a rebuild. He's got some people there, but this is where, if you're going to scratch your head a little bit, here you go. We think probably Luke Biggie slides into Nick Harris's spot at center. Um, could be Mateo Mele, who played center in the Zona game, if you guys remember. 6'5", 310, he can play multiple positions. Other guys who saw a lot of action last year, Vic Kern, 6'3", 230, the sophomore. MJ Ali, I think so many expectations from him. He's 6'6", 350. Uh, and those guys saw the field a bit, too. I mean, the nice thing about the offensive line is that um, we give a lot of people work last year. Um, though, let, let's let's be honest, they struggled. They really struggled to protect Easton last year. And I go back and forth on this of, was it really the offensive line? There were some things that Eason did in his technique where he would try to roll right, roll left, roll out too early out rather than find out of the pocket. Yeah. And so, you know, was that because the offensive line couldn't hold up or would you put that on Eason? It's, it's tough to say. Let's keep going, though. Henry Bainavalo, you got to talk to him, the junior, 6'6", 326. He came in with so much fanfare, man. Four-star out of local power, uh, powerhouse uh, skyline. He's played. That's probably your right guard. Others in the mix, Nate Kalepo, Troy Fautano, Julius Buello. Julius Buello, 6'8", 342. All, look at this line of four-star sophomores. Who, yeah, some, one of these is going to shine. I can't tell you who it's going to be, but I think one of them is going to shine. They'll all probably play backup roles. The unknowns, the total unknowns for me are the freshmen. Roger Rosengardner, Garen Hatchetgard, Memoir, Sam Peacock, and, of course, the big one who I think, if I can put anyone on this pedestal up there, is Miles Morale. Miles Morale is one of the biggest offensive line gets that we've had in recruiting in recent years. He's going to get some time. He could be starting by the end of the year. I don't know. And, and in our sets, it's really interesting in the style of offense that we run is, uh, I think, as important to our blocking as the tight ends. Mitch, you're going to get into these in the tight ends, but this is a concern for me with who we've lost recently and who's opted out and who, we, who, who we've lost to the NFL. But Kate Otten coming back and then a list of others. But this is a, con- this is a concern as, as well. Look, last year in our North losses, if you look back at Stanford, look back at Cal, Eason running around for his life. We need more here. And if I had to guess, this is what I think probably the starters look like. So that left tackle, that critical spot, Jackson Kirkland replacing Trey Adams. Left guard, it's probably MJ Ale. If he's not our center, Nate Kaleppo will probably push there. The center, you got Luke Wattenberg, I think, or Mateo Mele. Miles Mark could, could push in here as well. Right guard, that's Henry Bainafalo. I expect big things from him. And Julius Boyle to push there. And right tackle, Vic Kern, placing Jackson Kirkland on that side. So, no so that, what's that? No Wattenberg? Oh, see, and, and yeah, Wattenberg, I think Wattenberg, Wattenberg pulls in at center. So it's Wattenberg at center or Mateo Mele as your center. I think that's your starting five. If I say, you know, I, I, I think in, 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 you've got Melee, Wattenberg, Henry Bainavalo, Vic Kern, and I think you could see some Mateo Melee, some, some Miles Morale push for, that's what I think your offensive line looks like. And again, because of the Trey Adams, the big losses that we've had in, in, in the last year, um, and how long it takes an offensive line to gel. It's not as much of a reactionary position, particularly in how we run our defense, that it's going to take a while for these guys to get into the system, and I hope they have enough time. So that's what I think about the offensive line. Um, let's keep going and getting into this. Talking about that offense, skill positions. Mitch, talk to me about the receivers and the tight ends. What do you think? 
Well, I'll start with the tight ends. Um, but real quick, BT. I mean, gosh, they've recruited well on the line, right? And now's the time to start sure reaping some of those rewards. And yes, some of those guys are young, but some of them have also seen the field. So this is the year, man. Like, I want to see those guys come around and start popping, right? And gosh, they got the size, right? So man, I'm knocking on wood. I, I am, I am, um, you know, kind of glass half full with the line and excited Mitch, to hopefully I, see I totally some agree. of that happen. <laughs> The future, I think, looks amazing, and I hope that that means by game two or three, they're one of they're they're the offensive line in the Pac-12, not next season. But the future looks incredible for these guys. No, I I I agree with Mitch. I I think you've recruited that position really well. There's opportunity now. The guys who are the best guys are going to see the field. You know, Jimmy Lake, John Donovan. They don't care about who's been here, who's been to every practice on time for three years. It's just like, hey, get out and play. And, and roll the ball out there. So I, I, I think this is a great opportunity for those guys. And look at if, if that is, if it's left to right, Kirkland, Ale, Wattenberg coming in, you know, for Nick Harris, Benavalo, Vic Kern, like that's the, you feel good about that. Um, it's such an injury ridden position though. And it's nice to have that, those young, high powered, high recruits with the, the numbers look so good to come in. So we'll see. I, I, I worry it might take them a little bit of time to gel, but they, they have the physical talent for sure. Right. Totally. It's almost like, let's go. Let's go live. Let's get these guys right? in there. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> over to my topic, uh, skill positions, tight ends, receivers. Um, so we got some news um, a little, a couple weeks ago that I'll start with tight ends that J- Jacob Kaiser opted out. It's kind of a bummer because he was really looking at, you know, some nice, nice depth behind or, or with KDOT. Because really, with this group, it's it's K. Otten and everybody else. Let's be yep. real, right? Yep. Um, the Tumwater product, who's got the bloodlines, which is amazing. Who's got a younger brother that, um, gosh, the dogs hopefully are in really good position to get. I would be shocked if he goes anywhere else. But K. Otten is the next guy, um, and he really came on well last year. And it, actually, last year was a really interesting year. Um, not to delve too much into that, but. Again, I was a little disappointed in what happened with Hunter Bryant. I really just never felt like that guy played up to his potential um, and and some of the hype around him. I don't know if that's fair because he's battled some injuries, but Kate Otten really came on, right? And I was like, wow, now we got a we got a nice little one two punch here. And Cade was a really nice um, you know addition. Uh, and Eason really seemed to look for him, especially on some of those seam routes and some of that stuff. So, uh, you know, I think they're in a good spot. Um, hopefully he continues to build on what he did last year. And then, holy cow, talk about athletic talent behind him. Devin Colt, right, out of Spokane. Mm-hmm. I remember his recruiting videos, guys, when we went to some of the Raise the Wolf kind of deals where he was returning punts in high school or returning kickoffs right. in high school. I don't know yeah. if you remember that. I remember seeing that. I'm like, is that a big running back? Uh, no, that's their tight end. Sure. Um, and unfortunately he never quite got going last year. Gosh, they had that one play call for him on fourth down. I can't remember who it was against SC. maybe Oregon SC and he dropped the ball and it was just like, Oh man. So it would be really nice to see that guy get going. Right. Um, and then you got Jack Westover, the walk on, right? Um, you know, want to see that guy succeed. All these guys are sophomores or freshmen. Jack Yeri, big recruit, yeah, four-star that didn't commit to USC. Um, well, actually, sorry, he did commit to USC, then backed off of that afterwards and now recommitted to UW. So, I mean, heck, there's a lot of talent there, 
but it's kind of the K. Otten show and, and, and his buddies, right? And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, if Cade really does take that next step. Well, and last they, year they played a lot of multiple tight ends. They yeah, just yeah. don't see them really doing that this year. And I got it wrong. It was actually the Utah game with that drop on fourth and one. Oh, was it? Oh, man, brutal, brutal. Because, you know, I mean, the, the, the tough part about that two title uh, was that that could have really gotten Colt going. You know what I mean? That's what I was bummed about. Not that the kid dropped the ball. Yes, it was a bummer, and yes, it was a key moment. It's going to happen. But, man, I want to see him get – some of those guys just kind of get that little nudge to really get him over the hump. It was a 20-yarder if they completed it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Jack uh, Jack Westover got a scholarship. And I know he plays more of like a, an H-back type role, but, uh, you know, local right. guys. So I was kind of, that's kind of cool to see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The walk-ons. I mean, such a tradition at Washington, right? Yep. So really, really need to see that guy. So I, I think they're looking in really good shape in the tight end group. So let's talk about receivers, right? Man, this one's interesting. Um, so at one spot, you got Ty Jones, right? Four games last year. They were strategic about him because he had that wrist injury. That allows him to redshirt and come back this year. He's actually listed, listed as a junior, which is weird. He's like that guard from – uh uh, Stanford, I can't remember, Martinez or Sanchez or something. I, I swear he played eight years. That's Ty Jones, man. Right. It's going to be around forever. Because yeah. think about it. This year doesn't count against the eligibility. You could come back next year and still so be a junior, which is crazy, right? But at 6'4", 200, everybody's loved that size. And behind yeah. him is, is um, Marcus Spiker. You know, um, we're still kind of waiting for him, really, for it to click. For him to start playing fast, I thought he had a couple nice games last year, but hopefully that happens, right? Look at the other the other side. Uh, Terrell Bynum really came on well last year, right? Man, he was maybe up to our number one option towards the end of the year. I know it's a little argumentative, argumentative with um, you know Fuller, um, but Bynum was kind of the guy. Right. Um, You know, was bailing out Easton many times. So you got to feel good about that. And then Austin Osborne right behind Mm -hmm. him, um, you know, has been playing pretty well, too. And then you got Puka and Jordan Chin, Jordan Chin, the speedster. Right. Taking the Mm -hmm. top off a couple times in a few games. And then Puka was on a roll until he got hurt. Right. So I think they're looking really good at the skill positions. I didn't even mention the true freshman coming in. Mm -hmm. Jalen McMillan, Romeo Dunez. Now, Sawyer Racanelli's probably not going to play because of the injury that he's coming back from. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I bet you Romy probably sees the field with his size. Uh, you know, they're always looking for the big body guys to get out there. So, you know, like Law Dog was saying a little earlier, they've got talent to work with. They sure do. They sure, they, they sure do. I mean, it, you're completely right and pretty exciting to see some of that young talent as well. Should we get into the other side of it, Law Dog? Talk to me about just, those just, running backs and those quarterbacks. More. One more note on the on the receivers. I mean, you got freshmen like Roman Duze, um, Jalen McMillan, and you know I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, a Bynum, Mitch, because you know he was the guy that kind of nobody really expected him to emerge as that that guy out of that freshman group last year, and he really kind of did. And between him and Puka, I think you've got two pretty proven commodities. But if things start to go south, or you're not, you know impressed with what you're getting out of them. There's lots of options there. So I think this will be really interesting. And, you know, if John Donovan wants to spread the field, go four or five wide, like 
we probably could do that every once in a while. You know, it's not real, uh, not really what you think of with Washington football, but, um, but, you know, play to your strengths. I think that this receiving core is probably one of the best units on the team coming back. I mean, especially if we're talking about the offensive side of the ball. Um, moving over to, um, kind of in the backfield there, um, I'm going to start with the running backs and, you know, this is another position I think that's been pretty, it's actually pretty solid. Even though you're losing Salvan Ahmed to the Miami Dolphins this season, you know, I think it's fair to say that this is probably another strong position group on the offense. Richard Newton, I think probably your most complete tailback last year, even the though. Hammer. Yeah, even with Ahmed. But you know, when he got that injury, uh, against Stanford, it just seemed to take the wind out of their sails. And, and then, you know, they, they also missed him in those Oregon and Utah games for one score games, you know. Um, I think he was a guy that, you know, was really just starting to get going at that point last season. I really would have liked to just see him, uh, stay healthy and play through that. But I do think he's kind of the lead back. But then you, you've also got Sean McGrew. He's, a, this is a guy who's never been in the two deeps. At UW, being behind uh, Gaskin and Ahmed, uh, among others, but I mean now he's really got a chance to to get into the committee quite a bit, and he's a guy who's averaged five and a half yards a carry basically the last two years. Um, then you got a guy like Cam Davis. Everyone was really excited about him last year. Um, he he couldn't really crack that depth chart with all the guys we just mentioned, but I mean he's going to get an opportunity to get on the field this year. So I think you know Newton is probably the most physical of these guys, the most complete. Uh, player, but you know, each of these guys have strengths and weaknesses. And I, I think, especially a guy like McGrew, I'm excited to see kind of what they can do with him. He's really quick, shifty, low center of gravity. It's just, he's a really unique player. Um, really highly recruited out of, out of California at his time. And he just has never really gotten a chance to shine at Washington. I think this could be a year for that. Um, it, you know, moving on to the quarterback situation, I, you know, your guys' guess is as good as mine, right? <laughs> I, um, we are not getting a peep out of the coaches or anybody on that uh, staff about this. Um, I think, you know, we can point to four years ago or five years ago now that was it that uh, Boy- the Boise State road opener in 2015, right? Nobody knew until the day of the game, basically, that Jake Browning was going to be the starter. And, I mean, I don't really see – the coach is doing anything different this year. I, I think we're going to find out right at the very end, even if they know. Um, so I, I don't think we're going to have a clear picture on that. I mean, obviously you've got Jacob Sermon's probably the leader in the clubhouse mm-hmm. there because he's the experienced hand. You've got Dylan Morris, who's been on the roster a year. Um, and now you've got incoming freshman Ethan Garbers, who, I mean, by all accounts, you know, may have the most talent of any of these guys, so you can't count them out. And then you've got the transfer, uh, Kevin Thompson, who was the, uh, um, the big sky player of the year last year. Um, I, it's hard for me to just say, Hey, this is the guy we think it should be. I mean, one thing we, we do know is, they were clearly shopping for transfers this off season and they were looking at Costello and um, some other guys. So I, I don't know if that's because they weren't happy with their choices or because they just wanted to increase the competition. But I mean, you know, we talked about this ad nauseum last year and really the year before you had Jacob Eason and Jake Hayner duking it out and you felt like, you know, you had all these guys coming up behind them, these blue chips and all this depth at the position. 
Now all of a sudden we have a guy who really hasn't taken a meaningful snap on the roster. Um, and so, it, you know, this is going to be a wait and see thing. And, and, you know, they, it's not like they just get to get their, dip their toe in the water. They're going to get Cal in week one. So I think this is an area that obviously everyone's going to be watching. Media is going to be talking about it. And the fans are definitely going to be talking about it. Fans are always going to have opinions, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see them going with a two headed thing, but you never know. Uh, how do you guys see it playing out? It's mad. It's it's tough to I mean obviously like I'm listening to all the press conferences and and how many different ways can they just ask him? You guys said no host going to be the starter this year? <laughs> no, let me ask that rephrase and ask it again. You're like, hey, God, guys, you're not going to get an answer out of this. I, I look at it like this: you've got the the most college experience with Thompson, you have the most Husky experience with Sermon. Uh, you probably have the raw talent with Garbers. And then if I was to say, like, who's your, you know, if, if, if I would say look at one of them and who's going to, who's going to pull the Browning, it's maybe Demo. You know, yeah. is going to pull the Browning of like, there's your, your four year guy. So it's, it's really tough to say, but I do think this one is, if I had to, if I had to put a dollar on it, I'd say it's sermons to lose. Yeah, I guess I would agree. And, Actually, BT, it's it's fascinating you bring up the press conferences. I almost wonder if the su- the Supreme Court nominee is actually taking the script from John Donovan on how she's answering <laughs> all of the uh, questions. <laughs> no politics, Mitch. Yeah. Blank pages with no notes. <laughs> it's uh, it, I think it's going to come down to it. I, honestly, guys. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw multiple quarterbacks this year, right? Uh, um, and, I really don't, uh, I don't think they want to do that. I mean, I, I don't think they want to do it, but yeah, you're, you're saying just, it comes down to yeah. I, I don't know. Like they're you know, it, they, and they all. Here's the thing, BT. You said the thing that really resonates with me. They all have different strengths and talents, and depending on how the season goes, it could call for it. It's kind of weird, but like. You know, if they if they get in a rut one way or another, like it, it's this year is actually there is a lot of fascinating things that are going to play out, um, and I think this is just gonna it's gonna be a game by game thing, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Which I hope it's not. Obviously, you want one starter uh, for the consistency and stuff like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see multiple guys with with many steps, and hopefully they all do well. So, man, you know, more drama. One more thing. You know, I, I think it's worth mentioning the elephant in the room, right? Everybody's looking to next year. You're going to have Sam Heward, who's uh, one of the highest-rated oh yeah. quarterbacks, biggest recruits, <laughs> really in Husky history, but definitely at quarterback on the West Coast next year. He's one of the top guys uh, in, in the country. If the coaches, uh, you know, are convinced that he can step in and be a starter, or um, or this is a placeholder thing. Then I I think they're just gonna go with hey this is the hot hand on that day, or go with a guy like Kevin Thompson who's uh, you know who set the Big Sky on fire last year and is what like a sixth year junior or something like that. I mean, played um, <laughs> two more years. Who's got oh, I don't know. Yeah, look, he has the most exciting tape, but he's the <laughs> old, no one else has had the opportunity to have tape. Well, right. and so and. The, you know, normally we'd be at spring. Like I would try to go to a few spring practices, definitely a spring game, maybe a fall practice or two. I would really be looking at these guys right now. We haven't had that opportunity. I can't say a thing about any of them. 
I know Sermon is has the body and has the arm and the physicals of a top guy. What I don't know is if that's true, then why are they trying to get transfers from every corner of the country to come in here? I think they they are not convinced that Sermon is the guy. Is I mean I I don't know what choice they're leaving me, but to come to that conclusion based on what they've done, they brought in uh, this Thompson kid from the Big Sky, and uh, you know I I I think that's the message they're sending. Demo is a guy who's been in your program one year. Is he really ready to yeah. step into the starter? And Garber's even more so. So. It's a total unknown package, and whoever is in there, I, I feel confident in saying they are not going to be, you know, doing checking out of plays and going deep all the time uh, at, at to start. They're going to be throwing, you know, easy, you know, safe possession oriented passing game and pounding the running game. So, yep. you know, they're they're going to be pretty conservative, I think, offensively, and I think with a defense like we have that we're going to talk about next week. That's the strategy. So I don't know that we're going to get a lot of uh, fanfare anyway, guys. You're right about missing out on the opportunity to see them. Because I remember last year after the coaching clinic and being, you know, 10 feet away from Eason and Hanner and, and coming on the show and just saying, we're idiots if we pick Hanner. Like the delta between the two of them was so massive. You know, and, and also just the way that Eason carried himself on the field versus the way that, like, you know, Hainer kind of carried himself like a chihuahua around the other players. And it was obvious to me, and that played itself out. Um, you know, what, what is the, you know, what is the, you're right, what is the reason that they're bringing on uh, extra? But, you know, you want to have four QBs in the room, right? Yeah. You know, that's kind of the yeah. number. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, and that's what everybody's talking about. Um, but boy, uh, you know, look, I think the defense is going to be great, but we still have to put up some points. So, uh, any last thoughts on the offense, guys? No, I'm excited, excited to see just kind of what happens, right? Um, you know, I think for, for better, for right or wrong reasons, I think we've all been a little bit frustrated with the Bush Hamden offense. So let's try a new hand, right? Bring in some yeah. new guys. Let's see what That's we got. Right. There's talent. Now, like, let's roll the dice, baby. And, you know, um, I, I guess the one last thing that I have been liking to hear is that the word out of fall camp so far is when you listen to some of the player quotes, they've all been saying, I like the aggressiveness of the, aggressiveness. the new scheme. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I swear, in the, in the last couple of years, the offense has been playing not to lose versus being on the front foot and to stick, you know, kind of the, their foot on their opponent's throats. They got the talent like we talked about. Let's get aggressive and let's go, right? Yeah. Take some shots. You're right. And, like, there were times last year when it would be, you know, a penalty and you're, you're third and 21 and you'd, they'd run some off tackle for three yards and punt. You know. And it was frustrating. We haven't talked a ton about Chris Peterson since, you know, we haven't had too many shows <laughs> since he decided <laughs> to hang him up. But I mean, you, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard to put the pieces together. He has not said this publicly, but you know, you just feel like there was something missing last year. Maybe it was desire. Maybe it was, you know, just the, 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 uh, the ability he had to kind of dig in and out scheme other coaches and other teams and all that, whatever it was, something was missing. Something was off. Maybe it was a synergy with Jacob Eason. It just wasn't kind of his type of guy. It wasn't the Kellen Moore, Jake Browning type of guy. 
I don't know, but we all looked out on the field and saw this isn't working, right? Yeah. So change is good. Change is a good thing in this situation. We're getting a lot of different parts. Um, we got a new coach with a new approach. We got a new coordinator with a new offense. I mean, there's new personnel, but these guys, there is talent. There's a ton of talent on the roster on the offensive side of the ball. They just have to put it together, and it's not going to happen probably in week one. I think we need to just get that into our minds right now, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and obviously, I think when you even when you hear the press conferences with with Jimmy Lake, it's a different type of energy, and that energy will trans hopefully will translate itself in the right ways to the players. But I'm excited to see it. Look, we're going to have a new quarterback and one that we truly don't know who it's going to be. I think last year we all knew it was going to be Easton. We kind of knew who the skill position players were going to be. We knew who your number one receiver was going to be, and there's a lot of things that are up in the air. It's going to be exciting this year, but we're ready for it. Um, all right, let's get some points on the board. Go dogs. Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Washington State University. Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Oregon and Stanford. Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep. Is Arizona State a football team? Nope. Touchdown, Washington. Yep.